I just have to say, microphones, they weren't made for dresses. But I have pockets, guys. I did not intend to start the sermon that way. Happy Easter to all. I wanted to say, we did it, guys. We did it. We're here. Hey, look, Ma, I made it. And my mom's here today. Uh, Thank you guys for being here today. And it took a group effort because you guys were patient and flexible as we stayed apart. And we stayed apart longer than some other people because we were just following what we felt called to do. We were following our best efforts to try to keep one another safe and love on one another in that way. And you guys have been so amazing at getting vaccines. We have been cheering on every number. It was like over 80% of all of our adults as of yesterday were vaccinated. And we're just so excited. We kept cheering and getting excited so that we could be here together again. Live stream people, welcome. Thank you for our first attempt at live stream. And you're joining us here in spirit. And we hope you stay safe and healthy at home. Now, My prayer has been throughout this entire last year that even though we have been apart and we have been seeing one another on Zoom and we have been trying to meet outside, even we've bundled up in coats and walked together, that we have stayed connected. And I hope you felt that. We were trying to check in on each other and try to use every digital means possible so that you knew that you weren't alone. And I hope you felt that. I hope that you still felt that our church was, it was going. We've just not been in this space. But I want you to think about some people today. I want you to have a little thought exercise with me. Because we all had those horrible moments, right? Throughout this past year, you had some nights you couldn't sleep. You had some times that you were angry, that you were lonely, that you were worried. And I want you to think about who you called on. Who did you text? Uh, Who did you know would pray for you if you just reached out? The next day, who did you just like, I feel like trash, and you want to talk about it with them? Think about those people. Now I want you to think about another group of people. Now that the world is hopefully emerging without other waves, I'm safely emerging. Think about those things you want to go to, a concert, a Broadway show, a ball game. Who in your ideal scenario would you love to take with you? Who do you like? We can all get close together again. Who do you want to go hug? Now, I want you to think about those two lists because I bet they overlap. Because the same people that we can be vulnerable with, that we can trust with all of our junk, it's the same people we want to hang out with, right? The people you cling to in the darkness are the same people you want to spend time with in the light and the joy. And that's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to look at the community who were surrounded themselves around Jesus. And I want us to watch how they went through the darkness, but then how they emerged into the light. And they did so together. And throughout 2021 so far, we have been looking at scripture and we keep asking ourselves about what does it look like for us? Because we were looking at God's people and how they reacted as a people. And we realized that our faith is not meant to be just alone. Yes, it's a personal decision for us to follow Jesus, but we are not meant to live our faith alone. So let's look at Easter, this great message. But I don't just want us to think about what does that mean for me. I want us to look around and think, what does it mean for us together? 
We're going to be in the book of John and Luke mainly today. If you want to eventually get there, we'll have the scripture on the screen too. But before we can look at the resurrection, I want us to look at the timeline. Let's look at the timeline of Jesus' death. Because on a Thursday, Jesus invited his followers to have a meal with him, the Passover meal. People still celebrate this today. It's a celebration of God delivering them from slavery through Moses. But Jesus, he gathered his followers together. He washed their feet. Servant leadership. And then he took the bread and the wine that they were having as part of the meal. And he said, yes, you have used this as a meaning to remember the past. But he said, now it has a new meaning. This is my body. This is my blood. And in the moment, perhaps they're like, okay, tastes great. You know, like I, maybe they just thought, is he, is he talking about a metaphor? Or maybe they think like down in the future, sure, he, maybe, maybe something will come of this. They could not fathom that just hours later, his body and his blood would be broken. But he knew. And so Jesus spent his last night and he didn't want to be alone. He asked his followers to go with him after the meal into a garden to pray. Jesus was surrounded by those he was vulnerable with. And they, they prayed together, but one, one went off. Judas went off, accepted a bribe, and he brought Roman soldiers and Jewish leaders to arrest Jesus in the garden. Now Jesus, we know, he went to the cross. Pilate said, I didn't find him guilty, but others yelled, crucify him. And you can read details about that horrendous death. But I just want us to know, Jesus did it willingly. He purposely lived perfectly so he could be a sacrifice for us. We, we read from Romans that it took one person to bring sin into the world, and we've all got sin. But it took one righteous life lived purpose, perfectly to be our sacrifice so that all those sins that were done before Jesus was ever born and all the sins that came after, the sins you and I are going to do today, covered by his blood. But he wasn't going to stay in the grave. So let's read together. First, I want us to look at a group of followers. We've got Joseph and Nicodemus are our first people. Let me read for you from John chapter 19. And if you grab a pew Bible there... You might have your own. Page 768, if you're going to follow there. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. So we've got Joseph. It says he followed Jesus secretly. Nicodemus, it says that he saw Jesus at night. These guys did not want to admit they were followers because they were part of those Jewish religious leaders who despised Jesus. Those were the ones who conspired to get Jesus killed because they thought their leadership was threatened by Jesus' leadership. But these two men found someone to follow. They believed he was the Messiah. 
but they did so secretly. And I can imagine that here as they're trying to use their resources to do what they can to get his body, they probably had some social influence if Pilate was like, yes, you can have this rebellious man's body. They wanted to honor him in death because they probably felt some guilt with their grief because they never publicly acknowledged him in his life. So I just want us to to think about those two followers, those secret followers, and how they tried to honor Jesus with what they had. Next group, we're going to look at Mary, Mary, and Joanna. Now these, let me tell you about these women before we read about them. We're going to be in Luke 24, if you're ready for there. Now Mary Magdalene, she had been healed by Jesus. It said she had several demons in her, and Jesus healed her, and she became his follower. Mary, the mother of James, she stood next to Jesus's mom at the foot of the cross and watched him die. Joanna, her husband, was the manager of King Herod's household. She had status in society. She used her resources to fund Jesus's ministry. Jesus relied on these women to do ministry. He taught these women. He cared about them, healed them, loved them. And that meant a lot. And I have a feeling that in their grief, not only did they watch someone they loved die on a cross, I feel a bit of their their loss personally, their disappointment, the hopes that were shattered. Because in their society, they were not treated as equal. Did you know that if, if someone was on trial and they needed some witnesses, they wouldn't allow women to speak. They said, you're not credible, you're not reliable as sources. Yet Jesus valued them. And can you imagine that hurt a little bit to feel that loss of someone who actually saw who you were and cared about everything you were? That's the feelings I want us to have as we sit with Mary and Mary and Joanna. And so after Joseph and Nicodemus, when they took care of Jesus' body, it was Friday evening. But then there was Sabbath. And Saturday sat still. So at the first possible moment, Sabbath is over. These women say, we want to go finish taking care of Jesus' body and just, just go visit. Go see this tomb. So we are in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 where it says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. I'm sure, you know, you you have conversations with people all the time, and they they might say something, and maybe somebody says something about how they feel like this is going to happen to me, or I'm going to do this thing, and you're like, okay, great. But like, could it really make sense to them that resurrection was real? 
that this was a real physical thing that could happen. And in their joy, they went off to go tell the disciples, and they ran into Jesus himself. And he said these words, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Do you realize what that is? That is an action that happened, and women witnessed it. And Jesus said, Go. I trust you. I trust you to tell my news. Now we have a final group of believers. Jesus' followers, there were 12. One had betrayed him. And I want us to think about these young men who were living with this, following this guy. He was their teacher. He was their rabbi. They were supposed to imitate him. They were trying to look at everything Jesus did and become like him. They spent all this time with him. They fished with him. They ate with him. They tried to figure out how to heal and do miracles with him. They were awkward at times, but they loved him. Imagine their grief right now. It says they were gathered in a house. And I can see with their grief three things. First, I see fear because they were like, Jesus just got arrested. Those Jewish leaders conspired with the Roman authorities and he was killed. What if we're next on the hit list? I think their grief is also mixed with anger at Judas. Maybe sorrow that he got to that point and that he took his own life before they could go and be with him. And I think that grief was also mixed with some doubts. Jesus had talked about his life and his ministry and what he was going to do, but they probably thought he was supposed to save us. How could this cross be any part of it? Those are all the emotions I want us to imagine that the disciples were feeling. Well, then the women rushed to them that morning and said, the tomb is empty. Peter and John took off running. They go see an empty tomb. I crack up because John's like, and he got there first. He beat Peter. Like, he's talking smack at racing on the, on the day of the resurrection. And then they just, like, took it in. So what's strange to me is then here at the evening in John chapter 20, guess where they are again? On the evening of that first day, which is still Sunday morning resurrection, they kind of believe this thing was happening. It says the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. There they were scared again. Even this hope of this resurrection was just, it was just not overcoming those fears yet. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I think it meant more than like our like peace, you know. I think he meant truly like let go of that fear. Let go of that doubt. Let go of the anger. I'm here. Peace be with you. He showed them his hands and his side where nails and a sword had pierced. And it says the disciples were overjoyed. I don't think that word is big enough. They were overjoyed. They had been devastated. Have, how have you felt when something so awful has been redeemed? There's no words for it. Jesus again said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he not only was resurrected and visited his followers, 
he had a job for them to do. Now, I want us to think about how this Easter, what it means to us today. But I want us to notice None of them were alone. None of the people we read about in the scripture were alone, were they? They weren't alone in the darkness of Friday night death, and they were not alone in the light of Sunday morning resurrection. They weren't alone. And so the first thing I want us to think about is that Jesus' resurrection, it's not for me, it's for we. I don't like breaking grammar rules. It's a holiday. I'm fine. It's not for me. It's for we. I want us to stay in your mind because sometimes we feel like so alone in our struggles or just in our faith and you think I'm supposed to do this on my own because somehow we think that that's a value, but it's not. We were meant to be together and Jesus' resurrection and the hope, it's for all of us. And as much as that can be a comfort for us to remember those people who sat with us in darkness and in separation over this past year, and I hope you, the people that you thought about this morning, maybe that you'll reach out to them this week and say, hey, thanks. I know you also were probably a person who looked over to your left and to your right and said, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because if the resurrection isn't just about me, then as much as I get comfort from you, I know that I can be a presence too. All of us can be a presence. It doesn't take a lot to show up and make a difference. When people send you a text at just the right time, God uses that. I got a text that one of our little ones prayed for me and Kendra and Dylan and Shantae this week. Just out of the blue, his mom said, I'm like, well, that was Jesus, because I need those prayers. Okay, I have some fun stories that I heard about this past year of where you guys showed up for one another. And maybe you thought people didn't notice, but people did. I heard there was this whole, like, baking scheme going on where some people were making cookies and they were just showing up on doorsteps. And some other people were baking bread and they were just delivering them every week to random people. Not random. I feel like God was guiding them. There's some people that decided that after church on Sundays, we're going to hang out just a little longer on Zoom, even though it's awkward, and we're going to eat lunch together. And I thought that was the coolest thing. I wasn't patient. I got off and went to go eat by myself. But you guys stayed, and I love that. And Occasionally, I'll see some, some things on Facebook, and you know how if you're friends with somebody, those messages pop up in your feed. And I would see one of you, like, comment on somebody else's, and I was like, do they even know each other? Like, I kind of didn't even realize that. But you guys were living it. You were being Jesus' resurrection healing for one another this whole year. You were being his resurrection hope. So we said Jesus isn't just about me, it's about we. Jesus isn't just, his resurrection isn't just an ending, it's a beginning. Now, I always think of, you know, because it's the end of Matthew, the end of Mark, Luke, and John is where we find the story of the resurrection. So it kind of just feels like the end of a chapter, right? Like Jesus is done on earth, the end, trail off into the sunset. But Jesus, if we saw In that last gathering, when he showed up to his followers, he said, the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And he gave them his spirit. And you know what? He promises that same spirit is here today. 
mysteriously. We don't fully grasp him, but God is in our midst. And Jesus said, I'm with you in spirit. So his spirit is presence and his spirit is power. That same spirit, I didn't I can't even comprehend, but like when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was God's spirit defeating death, putting death in the grave and raising Jesus from the dead. And that's power. And I don't think about all the time when I am feeling struggle, when I am worried. I don't think about God saying, I'm here and I have power to overcome that. We have to believe that. Jesus gives us his power And he also gives us a purpose. Because he said, okay, you believe, good. That's amazing. I need you to go talk to other people. And sometimes we read that and I think, like, that's intimidating. But we're not meant to do it alone. Us together here at Echo Church, our world has been in the Friday death. The Good Friday death and darkness for a long time now. We have experienced literal death. We have experienced death of dreams and hopes over this past year. We've experienced death of relationships because there's been some opinions and there's been some very divisive situations in our lives, and it's been hard. But we have a new purpose because can you feel the resurrection now? Does this seem different to you now that there's the light of spring and then there's, there's hope of communing again? in person? Do you feel the new life? Are you ready for a new beginning? Because we get to do that together. We get to live out a new purpose because I think our world is ready for a resurrection and we know just the one to share with them. So I just want us to sit in this today. I want us to remember that we were never alone in the darkness and we're not alone in the light. That we're meant to live as community. We're meant to live out resurrection hope together. Will you pray with me? Jesus, your name is victory because you defeated death. You died for our sins and then you said, I have the power the power to bring new life again. And God, right now, we're seeking new life. There's been a lot of death and hardships, especially over this last year. And we're coming to you saying, thank you for carrying it. Help us to carry it for one another. And thank you so much for this resurrection message to say that you are new life and we get to live it for you, with you, with one another. Thank you for making us family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.